0: Annie Bodmer Roy, welcome to Radio Canada International.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: Now, uh, the Global Coalition to Protect Education from Attack has released uh, uh, a report called "Attacks on Education in Afghanistan," and um, uh, it speaks about this growing trend in uh, in Afghanistan, especially in two thousand eighteen, of attacks in um, on schools and education facilities by all warring parties Um, what what do you want people who are reading this report take uh, take from it
1: well, I think, you know, people should should feel concerned uh, at the increase in both the number of children out of school in Afghanistan. So the rates right now, we're looking at 3.7 million children out of school in Afghanistan, which is a level we haven't seen since 2002. And uh, within that, we're particularly concerned at the number of girls who are out of school. So 60% of that 3.7 million are girls. And this increases even more in insecure areas. So really, we're looking at a country that uh, in, in general has a lot of security uh, issues. Um, but in particular, there are insecure areas in places like Kandahar or Aruzgan where up to 85% of girls are missing out on education, and that's a really big concern for us to save the children. Uh, the other um, piece there is that attacks on education are playing a significant role in driving children out of school. So uh, as you have said, in the first half of 2018, There have been more attacks on education verified than the whole amount of 2017, and in fact, it's double what we saw in 2017 in the whole year. Um, And that's only the, the attacks that are verified by the UN. We we think that in reality the number is likely much higher. And if we look at Afghanistan's Ministry of Education, they've been they've been recording eight hundred and seventy attacks on education in the first five months of twenty eighteen alone. And again, we're looking at girls being particularly affected by these attacks over the past six years, the Global Coalition to Protect Education from Attack has seen a growing proportion of attacks on education in Afghanistan that have targeted girls, so attacking, for example, girls' schools or girls on their way to and from school, attacking female teachers who are more likely to be educating girls. So this is a very significant area of concern for us, particularly in Afghanistan, as the report shows, but also internationally, where we know that in crisis and conflict settings, girls are more than two and a half times uh, likely to be out of school than boys.
0: Now, of course, um, Canada uh, fought its longest war in Afghanistan, and one of the kind of easy justifications for it was that we wanted to to give uh, children in Afghanistan, particularly girls uh, um, you know the possibility of uh, going to school. Uh, one of the you know biggest visible signs of success uh, in Afghanistan was seeing these uh, girls uh, with their uh, backpacks going to school. Uh, what is uh, what do you want? the government of Canada to do in this case we we no longer have soldiers there to provide security for the schools
1: yeah, so there are a lot of ways that Canada can actually support girls' education. And in fact, we've seen uh, earlier this year, Canada demonstrates significant leadership at the G7. Uh, there was a declaration called the Charlevoix Declaration on Quality Education for Girls and Adolescent Girls and Women that includes a number of commitments to ensure that even in crisis and conflict settings, even in displacement settings, that girls continue to have access to education and that that access is safe, that girls can go to and from school and do so without fear of harassment, without fear of being attacked. And there's some specific commitments in that declaration um, to support uh, schools and make sure that they are safe and welcoming uh, and in- including investments to make sure that schools are safe and that girls can go to and from school. Um so so that already has, has been a significant success. There's a lot of political leadership, and in fact, a mobilization of funding on an unprecedented scale. Uh, so Canada was able to spearhead an initiative and uh, mobilize $3.8 billion for girls' education that was announced by uh, Minister Marie-Claude Dibault at the G7, and that included $400 million of Canadian funds uh, for girls' education. So Really what we're looking for now is to ensure that when that funding is implemented that we're looking at contexts like Afghanistan but also Somalia, South Sudan, Yemen, the Congo, Nigeria to ensure that girls in particular have access to schools and that that access is safe Uh, and as part of Canada's uh, commitment uh, made at the G7 one area that's going to be particularly important is to ensure funding to local and international organizations and coalitions that are pushing at national level for countries to endorse the Safe Schools Declaration. So there's a set of commitments that sit under that declaration and make sure that these commitments are implemented so that attacks on education are uh, stopped once and for all. So these, these commitments include things like supporting uh, different mechanisms to actually monitor what attacks are taking place and interventions to investigate these attacks and hold perpetrators to account. And in that regard, Canada actually has a very good track record in terms of supporting international investigations into rights violations. So we've seen, for example, in the Rohingya crisis, we've also seen in Syria, Iraq, and Yemen. Um, and one area that could be really helpful for Canada to lend its support is in investigations where there have been attacks on education. Mm.
0: What, what are some of the other uh, things that you think Canada could play a, a role?
1: So there are uh, increasing attacks on education in a number of different countries. Somalia, South Sudan, Yemen, Nigeria, Ethiopia, uh, Palestinian territories. And what's really needed in these different countries is support for monitoring. Often the organizations and bodies who do monitor these different attacks, which allows us to hold perpetrators to account, uh, those bodies and those individuals responsible for monitoring the, the attacks are not adequately funded. And so when Canada is looking to ensure that girls have safe access to schools, one particular area... Is, is really funding in at local level um, and at international level support for monitoring and reporting on these different violations
0: it might sound as a as a you know an obvious or a loaded question but uh, why is it important to educate girls in this uh, very often conservative uh, societies where you know, uh, their, their roles in the society are limited to, um, you know, their role in the household.
1: There are a lot of different reasons, but I'll start with uh, it's because it's, this is what children want. Save the Children has worked uh, in emergency settings and humanitarian crises for almost 100 years. I myself have deployed to a number of different humanitarian responses over the years. And children, girls, and boys alike tell us that education is among their top needs. At the same time, education is one of the most underfunded areas in humanitarian response. So when we look across different sectors, areas that are traditionally considered life saving, like health or nutrition, or food security, or water and sanitation, those areas tend to be more funded than education, which is quite specific to children, and is what children are telling us that they want. So if we're really going to be accountable to the people that we are trying to support in times when they need the support the most, we need to be really delivering on what they're asking for us as Canadians, and that includes education. Hmm. For girls in particular, girls have the the right to education just as much as boys. However, as we said, they're 2.5 times more likely to be out of school. And we know that when we educate girls, they are more likely to uh, get a job, to contribute to their communities, they're more likely to put their children in school in the future. And they're also more likely to be protected from things like sexual violence and conflict. From things like child marriage that we see come up and increase more in conflict settings. So education, in and of itself, is important and it's a right, but it's also very protective and it helps keep children safe.
0: Hmm. Now, what do you, uh, what do you say to people who you know point to uh, reports of uh, widespread corruption, uh, misuse of funds, and say, you know, how how can we make sure or how can we know that the the, the money that we're taking away from uh, you know, other programs that could be uh, run in Canada is not going to be wasted on some warlord who just pockets the money uh, we're sending to Afghanistan instead of, you know, spending it on schools or education, education for girls?
1: That's a great question. So there are a lot of organizations that uh, operate in these countries, including Save the Children, that have very strong policies against fraud and but at the same time we also look at um you know, bilateral relationships between Canada and these different countries. So each government, including Canada, will have their own ways of working to make sure that the funding is responsibly spent. And there is a lot of monitoring and accountability there, recognizing these are Canadian taxpayer dollars. For, say, the children's perspective, we have very strict policies in place when we work in these countries to ensure that the funds are well spent. And that goes with regards to any funds that we get from the Canadian public, as well as any funding that we get from the Canadian government.
0: Thank you very much. I really appreciate you taking the time to speak with me.
1: Thanks very much for having me.